Apostle Paul said, you are our epistles or letters known and read by all men. You're the only um, Jesus some people don't see. You ever thought about that? Your life has an influence that nobody else's has. You ever thought, think about that? You touch people that maybe not another believer will touch the way you do. Is that true? So see how important it is for us to get up in the morning and wait on him and ask him to help us. Let me tell you that some of you, the enemy's been fighting you just terribly and you've been sorely moved by all kinds of things. You're wondering why the pressure's on because he doesn't, the enemy, Satan is an enemy. Diablos, deceiver, doesn't want, doesn't want your light to be very bright. And he wants you to be self-absorbed. Yes or no? Think about what's not that used to be and how people are treating you or not treating you. He wants us to self-focus. God wants us to focus on him. And when you focus on the Lord, you know, the natural thing is he, he causes you to minister to others. See, um, 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, what happens? We have fellowship with one another. <laughs> when you start walking with him, it just starts ironing out your relationships. If you're a cantankerous old rascal, you've not been in his presence. And I, I've been there. Sometimes I get cantankerous. It's only because the, didn't get enough of the presence. If you get busy and don't get enough, how many know you can be that way? Yes or no? Big time. But you know you hook up with him, fellowship with him, he rubs off on you. If, so that's it, if, if we walk in the light, if we have fellowship with him, we have fellowship with one another. So Lord, open hearts up to us this week. And in the ensuing days, weeks, months, I can't tell you everything I feel. I feel that we are going into a fairly dark place. And don't be upset or scared. You don't have to be afraid. God's sovereignly going to take care of his own. How many believe that? I had planned to talk about faith, and I'll get there. It's always next time. But um, you can trust that God will take care of you. But right now, God desperately needs for us to love him so he can love others through us. If you'll let him love you, see, he'll touch others through you. But if I can't open my heart up to him, then how can he, through me, open his heart up to somebody else, right? Right? So, so, so Jesus said this. This is, uh, <clears throat> he's talking to his disciples, really. And uh, he's on the Mount of Olives. And this is Matthew 5. One day he saw the crowds gathering. Jesus went up on the mountainside, sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Do I recognize my need for him? For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You know, King James says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. He's talking about those who, who really humble themselves and realize that without God, they're nothing. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble. They will inherit the whole world. Wow. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. 
and they'll be satisfied. God blesses those. There's a New Living Translation. God blesses those who are merciful. They'll be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. They'll see God. God blesses those who work for peace. They'll be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. The kingdom of heaven is there. This is not a day. I got to say it. It's not a day to shut your mouth. Some people are pseudo-believers. Nobody knows. Until you pinch them, scratch them, do something to them. I'm saved. Well, people ought to see the, by the way we talk that we're not planting F-bombs everywhere. Did you hear me? And that we're not lusting like everybody else, right? Not giving in to the flesh like everybody else. Not eating like a pig like everybody else. You get what I'm saying? Have you ever watched a pig eat? Most of us haven't. I've, I've been out in the country and they're not nice. They're all about themselves. Wow. Then he says this in verse 11, God blesses you when people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Question, what do you do when people say things that aren't nice about you? I mean, really, what do you do? You get mad? Does your flesh rise up and say, I'm not going to talk to them anymore? If you're in a high-rise building, you say, I'm going to take that next elevator, not this one, because they're on it. Jesus may say, go in that door. <laughs> Let it shut. <laughs> Stand right beside them. <laughs> Give them a gift card. Give them that $20 bill in your purse or your wallet. Buy their lunch. Hmm. God blesses you when people mock you. Are you ready for that? Some people hide so they won't be mocked. It's not time to do that, y'all. And persecute you and lie about you. You ever been lied about? Now, y'all, can I get real? I have been lied about. And I don't know anything that ruffles me more than being lied about. You know what I want to do? I want to take that lie into my hands and do something about it. And you know what God says? Shut up. Pray for him. Now, sometimes, you know, if it's a hypocrite, you know God will deal with a hypocrite differently than he will with a real sinner. A hypocrite's a person who says they're right, but they're not right. And then a person who just doesn't know the Lord, they'll say and do things because that's their nature. Yes or no? But a hypocrite, they say they're right, but they're not. They'll have you deal with a hypocrite in a fairly strong way. You know Jesus did. He had all sorts of things to say to the religious people of his day. Nonetheless, God blesses you when people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be, be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. Can you imagine getting to heaven? You're standing there. You just got there. You got a white robe on. You're looking around looking for family. Jesus walks up and he looks and says, hey, um, angel, go get the stuff. It's in the third closet on the right. And they bring it out to, and there's all kind of gifts. Because he said, a great reward awaits you in heaven if you're persecuted. Do you have any rewards in heaven because you've suffered persecution the right way and not became vengeful and angry and upset? Huh? 
for a great reward awaits you in heaven and remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You're the light of the world. Wow. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. No, he didn't say I'm. He did say I'm the light, but he said you're the light. Wow. Like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. The same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Let me read that again. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. How do we witness? By, by, by quoting scripture to people? No, just letting your life, just living for God. You know, not being angry when somebody says something that shouldn't be said to you, about you. Yes? Y'all okay? In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others the same, you'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So you know what that means? That says to me as a pastor, I got to say sometimes things that people don't want to hear in our culture because he said do it. Yes or no? If you ignore the least of these commandments and teach others to do the same, you'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. They were hypocrites. They said one thing but did something else. So see, I have to ask myself, you know, as a pastor, am I living what I preach? Am I doing by myself what I do in the, when everybody else is around me? And how about you? That's a big question, isn't it? Verse 21, you've heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder if you can murder your subject to judgment. But I say to you, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. Now, he just equated anger, the desire to get even with someone, inside the same as murder because you've broken God's law. Right? Someone, uh, if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. If you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. And that was talking about there, if you do something and you know you hurt somebody and you do nothing about it, and you just go on your merry way. You know you said something crass. You know you said something harsh. You know you did something that you shouldn't have done. You didn't obey the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. You did the opposite. And you go on to church, drive in the driveway, get in, sit down in the chair, get up, worship the Lord. He said, Jesus said, Jesus said, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar, if you're bringing the sacrifice of praise in the house of the Lord, Hebrews says, you know, Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and come and offer your sacrifice to God. How many know in this day, it's not going to do us a lot of good. Listen to me. If we come to church and worship and we have relationships that we have messed up and we're not trying to make them right. 
Yes or no? Is that what he said? Got to make it right. Wow. When you're on the way to court with your adversaries, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accusers may hand over you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer. You'll be thrown in prison. If that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid the last penny. You've heard the commands that say you must not commit adultery. But I say, so see, he took adultery from a physical act to a mental act. Watch this. I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wow. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. Now, this is hyperbole, Bible days. They often spoke in hyperbole. Hyperbole is an, an intended exaggeration to make a point. So if you've got a lust problem, don't go outside and get your thumb and gouge your eye out. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying deal with yourself strongly if you've got a problem. It would be better, it would be better to gouge it out than to go to hell because you've got a physical problem, right? I mean, you just got to get what he's saying. So if your eye, even your good eye causes you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So I just, you know, really, if you're sitting in here and you got a, you got a lust problem, cry out to God. Say, God, I don't want that. How many hear me? Jesus will cure you of your problem with lust. A lust problem's a selfishness problem. You got to have every... You got to have every sense satisfied before you're satisfied. But you know what? You need to get over yourself. If you're a person filled with lust, you're you're one of the most selfish people around. That's what Jesus is bringing out. Wow. And he says, if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, this is hyperbole again, cut it off and throw it away. Hmm. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body be thrown into hell. You heard that the law says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she's been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Now looking at that at face value, that seems to say if, you've, if you're married and you get divorced, you can't ever get remarried. That's not what that's saying. You go to read the Moses Law of Divorce, Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. Even the Old Testament people were allowed to remarry if they divorced. So New Testament living is not harder than Old Testament living. Now, I've had people come to our church who came from other churches who's, who they were condemned because some, many times because of no fault of their own, their spouse divorced them. And then they're they're plagued the rest of their life. They can't do anything in the church. They can't, they can't volunteer. Some places, you know, in denominations, they can't be a deacon, yada, yada. You hear what I'm saying? That's not what Jesus was saying there. He said if you, uh, if uh, he says here, a man who divorces his wife unless she's been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. Adultery there is the breaking of a covenant. How many know when divorce occurs, there's a breach of covenant, a breach of contract? That person remarries, Moses' law said, don't ever, once you get remarried to somebody else, you can don't go back to that first partner. Leave them alone. How many hear me? That's what, and that's what he's talking about. I don't want to get down in the weeds on that too much. I just said enough to say because I know there are people that are listening and in the room you've been divorced and that seems to really put the condo on you. Well, get the condemnation off yourself. That's not what Jesus was talking about. You're free in Jesus. How many hear me? Walk in the freedom Jesus gave you. You have also heard, and Paul 
by the way, mention a lot about divorce and remarriage in 1 Corinthians 7. You've also heard that our ancestors are told, you must not break your vows. Or you must carry out the vows you made to the Lord. But I say to you, don't make any vows. Don't say by heaven because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem. And they, were, they made rash vows all the time. They were, it was a common thing in that culture. By Jerusalem, for the Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Don't even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair black or white, and you can't even get them to hold on. So just simply, a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You've heard that the law says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And it does say that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. But I say to you, don't resist an evil person. Watch. But I say, don't resist an evil person. Hmm. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Does that go against the grain? Do you ever want to slap somebody? I mean, you're, you mean you're like me? Yeah. Do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Well, you got that one. You want to get this one too? Now what he's talking about there, if somebody's persecuting you because of your Christian faith. Now, if somebody's trying to hurt you and hurt your family, you know what? I'll just tell you what my dad used to say. You go better go let the Lord deal with you because I'm going to tear you up. You better stop. I learned that from him. So if you go messing with Susan, guess who you go mess with first? Moi. Yeah. Oh, my kids. No, he's talking there about about people who are persecuting you because of who you are and what you believe. That's when you turn the cheek. There are times to defend yourself. Yes or no? There are times to defend your country. Yes or no? Yeah. So don't be a pacifist and don't be dumb with your pacifism. Uh, he would say that too. But I say do not resist an evil person if someone slaps you on the right cheek because you're a believer, because you have a Christian belief system. Offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in the court and your shirt is taken from you, give, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now, you know, you got to keep this in context. There's other places in the New Testament Paul, uh, Paul said, if you don't work, you don't even eat. So there's a place to look at somebody and say, you know what, dude? You slack as you can possibly be. You, you, need, to, you need to get a life and go to work. I'm not going to give you a dime till you get up off, up off your backside, off your duff, and go do something. Did you know there's a place to do that? Did you know a lot of people in America need to hear that today? Do they? You got that right. Where was I? Oh, give to those who ask. And don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You heard the law says, love your enemies and hate your enemies. Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. And I'm sure the disciples went, oh, we can do that. We sure love our neighbors. We sure hate our enemies. And then he just turned it backwards. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For give sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. You wonder why, have you noticed that some of your friends that don't know the Lord, they seem to be better off than you? Having more fun than you? You ever seen that? Well, God's blessings are for everybody. He loves everybody. He just wants you to come to know him. You know, if you abuse it too much, you're going to pay the price one day, right? 
But he said the sun shines on everybody. That's what he's saying. Um, If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Wow. Even the pagans do that. But you're to be perfect, or that means upright, mature, even as your Father in heaven is, is perfect, or, you know, he just does things the right way. And he says he wants us to do the right things. How many got something out of that? In the atmosphere tonight, there is a place that God wants to take us. He doesn't want us just to come to church, and that's the tendency. Come to church, do your duty to God, and then go your way and live like everybody else. How many know that doesn't work anymore? How many hear me? I'm not kidding, y'all. If our, na- our nations, did you know we're, we're just a hair breadth away from losing our nation? Did you know that you're just a hair breadth away from losing your freedoms? Did you know that? We have people in. How many fought for freedom in this country? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. How about give them a hand? Let me ask another question. What would you rather have? Money and food? And somebody telling you and dictating to you what time you get up, where you can go, what you can eat, and when you need to be locked down at home. Or, or, no food, you fend for yourself, but your mind is free and you can make the choices you want to. What? How many would rather have the food? Raise your hand. No kidding. If you want, would rather have the food? Raise your hand. Nobody rate. You value freedom over food? Huh? Are you kidding me? Huh? Now's the time, y'all. We have to stand up. Somebody said it to me this week. Now, now you can no longer divorce and separate your Christian life, listen, from your civic life. Because now your freedoms will be attached to your Christian belief system or lack thereof. And now your freedoms, your civic freedoms, they're at stake. And if we don't stand up and say no to the tyrannists, did you know they're alive in America? Yes or no? I am not doing politic talk right now. If you think I am, then Jesus was a politician. We are in trouble. Our nation's in trouble. What do you think it's going to be like a year from now if we as Christians don't stand up and let our light shine and let people know what we believe and go to the school system and tell them we won't stand for our children to be taught this or this or this and it's not right for you to do this. How many hear me? And then you stand up at work if needs be and say, you know what? I have individual rights and you're encroaching on them. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna partake of your enforced mandate. I resign my job today. Mighty quiet. So let me insert a parenthesis here. I don't care if you take the vaccine or not. Right? That's your po- That's your stuff, not mine. Yes or no? 
But if somebody makes you and forces you to do something you don't want to do, is that right or is that wrong? Question, would God have you stand up for what is right, even if people disagree with you? Yes or no? Uh, question, are you doing that? Thought, if we acquiesce to the wishes of some and do everything they ask us to do because we're compliant with government, you will lose your freedoms. And let me tell you where I stand as a pastor. I love Jesus and I would, um, now I've thought this out. I'm willing to die for what I believe. I'm not kidding because I know uh, one step past my last breath, I'm in the presence of God. I don't like the thought of dying. I like living, but I'm ready. You need to make that kind of choice with yourself. Um, just doesn't seem right. Does it even seem conscionable? Um, for the people several hundred years ago who came here on ship, on a ship or several ships, and they came here because they didn't want the government to tell them how to worship. And they founded another nation. Now, if your head is full of people telling you that it was all bad, the founding of America is all bad, that is full of demons. They didn't do everything right, but they also didn't do everything wrong. How many hear me? Well, a lot of people gave their blood, sweat, tears, and life for the freedoms that you enjoy. The freedom to drink the kind of coffee you want to in the morning. The freedom to get up what time you want to get up. The freedom to live where you want to live and do what you want to do. How many know that's, a, that's an amazing gift? Yes or no? And so many of us in this generation have suffered so little that we don't realize the sacrifices that have been given so for us to have what we have. So we're ready to give it away really quickly. And what I am thankful about as I look around is that I see a lot of people standing up and say, no, I want to be free. I want to make my own choices. How many hear me? You know, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm okay with you. I love you. But you need to hear what I got to say here. We need to stand up, y'all. And standing up means, number one, living right. Number one, having my heart surrendered to Jesus. Number one, spending time in his presence, spending time in his word, loving my family. If you're married, loving your spouse. If you have children, taking care of your children, being a responsible person with your stuff, working and not expecting somebody else to take up your slack. Yes or no? And then in that context, you stand up and stand your ground in your community whatever that means for you. It means you say, you know what? I'm a free person. Jesus set me free. You know, he's, we're living in a free country and I'm not ready to give my freedoms away. All of us need to stand up. Wonder what, wonder what life will be like three years from now if Jesus doesn't come back. You ever think that way? What's it going to be like in six months, next year, two years from now? 
We're at a crossroads in America. You've got to stand up. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. Stand up for what is right. That's not sin to disagree with someone. Yes or no? It's not wrong to stand up to the government in my devotion. Everybody okay? I'm rambling. Phil, I think I've got a little train of thinking here. But uh, this morning in my devotions, I have an upstairs desk in a room. So I was sitting at my desk drinking my cup of coffee. And, um, and I read Sparkling Gems. Go read uh, uh, Sparkling Gems, the new one by Rick Renner. Uh, today's date, it's the red book. He has a blue one and a red one. It's called Sparkling Gems from the, from the uh, Scriptures. And um, you're going to find it really, really interesting. But he mentioned uh, that, um, I forgot what he was talking about. <laughs> what, did, what did I read? <laughs> you, ever, you ever gone blank? Uh, oh yeah, he was just talking. He was just talking about the um, the freedoms, the freedoms that the Christians did not have in the first century, and how the Romans wouldn't allow them to meet. And he was talking about the fact that Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five says, "Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is." And he said they weren't allowed. Christians were blamed for the problems in Rome. Christians were blamed for the problems in the Roman Empire. Christians were blamed for the problems in Jerusalem. And they weren't allowed to meet together, so they had to pseudo-meet. They had to meet uh, incognito. And what they did, he said, they would draw draw emblems on the street with chalk or whatever. And uh, ichthus, Jesus Christ, Son of God's Savior. They would draw emblems that would let people, let Christians know, I follow Jesus Christ, but nobody else would know what they're talking about. And they'd draw an emblem near their house or in front of their house or in front of a Christian meeting place. And even though the Roman government said, you're not allowed to meet, they met anyway. And they ministered life to people. We have so easily acquiesced and given up our rights last year and a half I'm going to tell you that it's grieved me to see how little fortitude we've had and my friends it is time to take a stand how many hear me if you don't stand for him you're going to fall for anything right so dear father God this is really different here and we come to you in Jesus name we pray for the world for God so loved the world that he gave and Lord we ask let your purposes and plans be fulfilled Lord we realize that we're, we, we seem to be in the last generation it seems that way things are changing rapidly and we, uh, we're taking one day at a time because things are happening so quickly it's just so rapid and we just ask you let your purposes unfold and, and give us wisdom to know what to do every day, what choices to make, who to fellowship with, what to do, how to be. Lord, we ask for your wisdom. We pray, we pray in Jesus' name for, for the king, your kingdom to come and for your will to be done. That's what Jesus prayed. Let the purposes of God be fulfilled in the earth. Let there be a move of the Spirit of God. Let there be a move of repentance in every nation. And, and Lord, we, we take a moment and pray for America. Lord, we pray that there would be a spiritual renewal in America. Lord, may it be founded on a foundation of repentance where we change how we think, how we live, what we value. 
We value you above all else. Lord, bring that to this nation in Jesus' name. Speak to pastors. Speak to church leaders, Christian leaders. Speak to individual believers all over, all over this nation, all 50 states, all 48 contiguous states, Alaska, Hawaii, and then, oh Lord, all of the other areas that are controlled by the government of America, we pray. Let your purposes come to pass. There's a reason this nation was founded and given freedom. We have been a bastion of light and blessing for the whole world for a long time. And Lord, we have sinned. And Lord, we ask forgiveness for all of the idolatry. Uh, money is an idol. Sex is an idol. Self-centeredness is an idol. Uh, uh, alcohol is an idol. Drugs are an idol. We got so many things that have taken your place. Leisure time is an idol. Sports has become almost an idol. Lots of things. And we just stand before you and ask forgiveness for the sins of this culture. We have sinned. We've taken for granted what we have. And now uh, the, uh, the uh, account is, is payable and past due. And you're coming for us. And I'm asking not for judgment, but Lord, let your mercy come in this nation. Let there come an awakening and let it start in each one of us. Let us value the right things. Let us make right moral choices. Lord, let us make right relational choices. Let us value family life the way that you do. Let us value our husband or wife. Let us value our children and our family relationships the way that you do, in Jesus' name. Let us, Lord, cast off the ways of this culture around us. And Lord, let us live for you in our homes, in our families. Lord, let, it, let us do what we do as unto you and not unto others, in Jesus' name. Let your light shine once again, we ask, in this nation. And Lord, for all of us, give us a heart to desire you, to want you, to know you, and to let you be known. In Jesus' name. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this room, every person that's watching. In the name of Jesus, let your supernatural protection be on us. And Lord, I ask you, give us a pliable heart that wants to know you and wants to obey you. Work out the rebellious parts of us, the parts of us that want to be independent of you and, and do what we want to do independent of what you think. Work that out of each person here in the name of Jesus. Protect our, protect our kids that are in, in a, a, a grammar school and middle school and high school. Lord, protect the college age and the young adults here in the name of Jesus. Oh, dear Father God, let us be a light. Let us not be consumed by our culture. Let us be consumed by you only, sir. Help us. Let your grace be on us. Jesus' name.